What's up, everybody? My name is Adam Badger, and welcome to Talk and Fit. I'm going to get a picture. Hey, what's up, guys? Thank you for listening to Talk and Fit. We have uh, one of the f- only recurring guests on the on the show. The only recurring guests we've had have been my wife and Digital Barbell. So this is cool. <laughs> uh, if you guys don't know Digital Barbell, it's John and Blakely Fletcher. Uh, they are an online coaching business based out of Texas. And uh, they help people with nutrition, with fitness. And we're got a, we've got a cool topic to talk about today. But anyway, guys, thanks for hopping on. Yeah, our pleasure, yeah. man. Anytime. This is uh, so if you guys didn't listen to the first time they were on the episode, uh, we met coming up on a year ago. It's our one year anniversary of meeting uh, at, a, at a, a business <laughs> seminar in uh, Seattle, which was hosted by a guy named Cody Broom and uh, Brad Jensen, who are also online coaches as well. Uh, but uh, let's just catch up for a second. How's the summer been for you guys? It's been good. Um, we're going through like, let's talk about the weather. I mean, that's what people do when when you ask like, how are you doing? First, you talk well, about in, the weather. You're in Texas. It's been, it's oh, been ridiculous down there probably. Yeah, yeah, we're in the midst of like a, a record level drought. You're not allowed to use any water outside your house. Mm-hmm. can't wash your car. You can't water your plants. You can't fill your pool. Like, oh, damn. I didn't know about It's that. desperate around here. Yeah. And, and it's been super windy too, which puts you at a really high risk for wildfires. We're kind of out in the country. Mm-hmm. So it's been kind of bonkers. And then I actually got a text from our electric company this morning saying we've reached like the level- peak of electricity <laughs> use and like we conserve need to- electricity. <laughs> like, all right. <laughs> But have you, how long have you guys been? You guys have been in Texas your whole life or more than anywhere else. Yeah. yeah. We spent yeah, some yeah. time in other places too, but it's never been like, this is like, it's never been like this year. Yeah. It's like oh, really? been okay. a, over a hundred for like 65 days this summer. Yeah. And like, it's never, it's yeah, this is record drought levels. You know, those bales of hay you drive by on the side of the road in like farm country, our yeah. entire grass looks like yeah. that. Yeah, everything's just, dead. It's, it's so weird. Mm-hmm. That's it's weird. I didn't know about all that. Does that ever freak you guys out? Or do you well, just kind of take it a stride? It makes it like where you can't really use the yard. It's so sad. Like we can't, like everything is full of like when the drought comes, these sticker burrs come in the grass. And so you mm-hmm. basically cannot walk in the grass. So our <laughs> dogs are just like, it's too hot on the cement. There's no grass. They're de- super depressed this summer. <laughs> yeah. Our street is asphalt. So it's way too hot to walk the dogs on. It burns their feet. We it's built, weird. Uh, we built like a. But it's about, it's about to end. I mean, it's already September. It's like, yeah, we're, we're, it's got to. It's got to rain sometime. <laughs> but, you know, we recently upgraded our camper and like now we feel if things really get bad, yeah. we'll just hook it up to the truck and go somewhere where there's electricity and water. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Worst that's, case scenario. Yeah, that's awesome. I know you were saying that like that's uh, that's that's been like a, uh, the last few months is you guys been doing that a lot, like just kind of picking up and being on the road. Yeah, we're looking forward to doing more of it. Yeah, for in, sure. In the future, too. So do you, when you guys are, when you guys are traveling, do you like, I'm sure this is something people probably deal with, but do you find, even as coaches, do you find it more difficult to stay consistent with like nutrition and working out? Or do you like, what do you, what quick tips would you give people to kind of like, uh, fit that stuff in even when you're traveling? Mm-hmm. I would say not on the nutrition front because we are traveling with our kitchen. And so we yeah. stock full, we stock the fridge and we, we really like cooking in there. So 
we, we like to cook our own food anyway. So that's perfect for us. I would say on the training front, we have really struggled to get in a rhythm Mm -hmm. when we're camping because there's different circumstances. Like we were just camping like a week ago and it was like muggy outside. There's mosquitoes and like, there's people like right beside you and you're just kind of like, so we just did like a little workout in the camper itself, but actually getting like, that's my fears. Like if we go out for an extended amount of time and it's just like losing some of my fitness, I guess, you know? Like we carry dumbbells and bands with us in the back of the truck, but it's not always easy. Not we, the same intensity level as we can, you know, put forth at home. Yeah. And you just but never yeah. know what the environment's going to yeah. be. Yeah. But I think but the solution. The, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was going to say just, during those times, it's like, you're just, as long as you're maintaining, like, you know, you may not be like mm. progressing forward, like in hitting PRs, but you're like, oh, right. I'm just maintaining where I'm at. That, yeah. But if we start to stack so many together then that's where I think the problem comes in. Yeah. Yes. And so, if we ever wanted to be out for like one, two, three months in mm-hmm. a row, we know we have to, we can't use the, uh, the excuse of like, well, we'll just get back to our normal yeah. routine and get back, <laughs> and get back home. Get back home. Like we, we know that we have to find a way to make, you know, yeah. get, get better about bringing some intensity to our little dumbbell workouts. From yeah. The camper. And like, or, I, think, I think we talked with you about this last time. That's the benefit of training for a long period of time in your life is like, it's okay if you miss a week, but we don't want to get into that point where we're missing, you know, like three months out of the year, we're not training now because we're traveling so much. Yeah. Yeah. We're for, we're like 14 years into serious training now. So if we have a week without a bunch of progress, not a big deal. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I think also too, like at this point, you probably uh, just know you feel better when you're doing it consistently. So like, even if I know for me, like, even if I knew for the next three months, I wasn't going to see much progress, I would still want to work out three or four days a week just because I feel better when I'm doing it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we, like Blakely said, we know like when our training is going to be optimal to not use that as an excuse to let our nutrition slide too, just Mm -hmm. to stay in as much of our normal routine with our nutrition as possible. And then, I mean, honestly, typically when we go out of town and even if it's one, two weeks in a row and our training, isn't what it normally is. We typically lose weight during that process. Cause we're not training as much and we're probably not eating as much. Right. Cause yeah. Yeah, no, that that's, I think this ties into what we're going to talk about today too, which is, uh, mm-hmm. me and John were having a conversation, uh, just through text about how we noticed this time of year, meaning like the end of the summer, that just client compliance or so the client's ability to like stay consistent with the their workouts and their diet just kind of dips a bit at this mm-hmm. time of year and like you said even for you guys even for me like as coaches during this time of year we might be traveling more we might it's just hot out or whatever it is like maybe you're just not at the same level you're maintaining the other parts of the year the yeah. difference is that obviously for us the level that we mean the level of consistency we maintain that we've worked years and decades to establish it's just at maybe a higher level than the average person. So even when we dip, we're still doing pretty well. Mm-hmm. So for the for you guys, have you like what were some common, I guess, occurrences that made you realize like, hey, like client compliance is just hasn't been that great the last month or so? I think you just notice little trends here and there, and and you can kind of correlate it to stuff that's going on in your own life too, like you said with travel and stuff. But I think the main thing is that you notice that people fall more easily into kind of the all or nothing mentality and, and really forget the power of doing something instead of nothing Mm -hmm. during times where things are not optimal when they're Mm -hmm. out of their normal routine. Like it's so tempting to feel like when you're not in your normal routine, you can't do it the way that you would normally do it just to flip off the switch, kind of pull back and feel like you'll just get back on track later. I think that's kind Mm -hmm. of the general consensus. 
Yeah, yeah, th that makes a, that makes a lot of sense. So, like, what um, at just being a coach for as long as you guys have been coaches, you know, what were what are some common, you know, reasons or times of the year that you feel clients struggle the most with, you know, compliance? Weekends, <laughs> which, yeah. which really falls back into the same idea that yeah. that's a disruption in your normal week routine, which it actually isn't because we tend to have one of these weekends every single week. Mm -hmm. but I was literally just going to say that. I was gonna, like, <laughs> the thing about weekends is that they happen every single week. Right. Um, and then, you know, just travel basically, you know, and the extra activities that seem to come along with summer, you know, mm -hmm. it seems like kids sports sometimes ramp up for different reasons and just like this big disruption to the mm -hmm. normal routine. Yeah. And holidays also. Yeah. Oh yeah. We were talking yeah. about most common times of year. Yeah. So weekends, yeah, yeah. summer, any like the start of football season <laughs> when there's more get togethers with yeah. wings and beer and that kind of stuff. And then yeah, the holidays for sure. And actually even little bitty holidays like Valentine's day, like sometimes the disruption in schedule and like the change in food environment around those kinds of holidays mm -hmm. can, can really like kickstart a period of inconsistency also. Or even we just finished one labor day, you know, that's like a, a, a long weekend, a Monday off, some mm -hmm. travel, all those things are little bitty disruptions. Yeah. There was a, uh, yeah. I think if you're looking at that too, right. You're talking about like the holidays. So like we'll, we'll be generous with the holidays and say, november to november 1st to january 1st which for most people though they're starting like mid-october but like we'll say uh, november <laughs> to january right and then summer so we'll say memorial day to labor day so that's yeah. what like three almost three more months three or months, two more months yeah. and then we have 52 weekends a year then <laughs> then we got birthdays so your birthday your spouse's birthday maybe you have some kids so their birthdays your friends birth like it just stacks up with the mm -hmm. number of times so i think the the you know, the over the overarching trend that I try to get through with my clients is just really defining like what off track actually means. Because if all of these things are throwing you off track, then you're never going to be on track, mm -hmm. right? right? Or you're going to be on track for little spurts of time. So like as a, as coaches, how would you guys really define off track? I think off track is it's just a conscious choice to stop holding yourself accountable for the things that you want to do that leads you to be, become the person that you want to be. It's not actually like a physical state where you are off track during this time. It's just a decision in your mind so that you feel better about kind of lumping that section of time together and not holding yourself accountable. So it's, it's actually getting back on track is really a switch that has to happen in your mind and deciding that this lump of time that I've put together is really an arbitrary choice that I'm making. And I can actually get back on track anytime that I want just by mm -hmm. changing my mindset and then physically making one good decision. I know that's, that makes a lot of sense. I think that's, that's very similar to like the verbiage I use with people. It's just like, it, you have to break it down to decisions and not to like chunks of time. Mm -hmm. So like, if you say I'm going to be on track for the next month, then as soon as something throws you off track, it's easy to be like, well, I, the month is blown. Like I'll just mm -hmm. start over next month. But if you just take a decision to decision, and just make it an A or B choice, right? Choice A is this is on track with my ideal behavior, my ideal self, or B, this is off track. Now you just have to play the play the average, right? You just got to get more A choices than B choices mm -hmm. throughout the week and you're going to see success. So when you're seeing people go off track, you know, uh, just when you're doing client check-ins and stuff like that, like what are some like, like, word, like uh, some vocabulary that they're using, some like tendencies that you see with people? Mm -hmm. I think... You know, especially on the nutrition front, 
there's the temptation to compare your current performance to some kind of idealized, terrible performance that maybe you weren't as bad as. So you justify this off track period as well. It could have been worse. I didn't really go crazy. You know, yeah. <laughs> in, in the past, I would have done it this way or the other people were doing this. Mm -hmm. um, but really, it's just a justification for not doing what you said you were going to do in this like vague comparison to this like, you know, standard that doesn't really yeah. exist. So it's, you know, as a coach, it's you want to walk the line of bringing that to their attention and kind of recentering them. So that doesn't really matter. That's not a real that's not a real thing. Let's just compare how you're doing based on how you want to do. Mm -hmm. And that's a more realistic place to start. Yeah, I think I think sometimes when I see a client and they're acknowledging that they themselves have done worse in the past and now they're doing better, that's something I'm like, okay, that's cool. That is progress. So if someone says, you know, I went out for drinks and normally in the past I would have had like five margaritas and then came home and like ate, ate a bunch of candy. But today I had I was able to stop after one and and I still like hit my calories for the day. Like, yeah, that's progress. But mm -hmm. that feeds right into the all or nothing, right? So people are usually either comparing themselves to their ideal version of their self, like what they would do if they were hundred percent perfect, or they're comparing themselves to like their alcoholic uncle and how he behaves. And that's like, okay, I'm not being him. So that means I'm doing pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, it's like, it's hard because we're surrounded by people who don't have the same goals as us with health and fitness most of the time in our life, especially in social situations. So you, it is easy to look around and be mm -hmm. like, I'm not doing as bad as these people, yeah. but look at the average health of the people that we're comparing ourselves to that's not what we want for ourselves at all so let's not even like bring them into the equation of whether we're quote on track yeah. or off track yeah do you, so do you, when you guys so do you guys both um when you're when you're checking in with clients on the on more so the nutrition side of things are do you guys both do nutrition or like does the one of you guys handle more so the nutrition side and one of you guys more so the training side yeah, Blakely only has training clients. Mm -hmm. She does all of our, she's the head of programming and she has her own training clients. Uh, myself and Haley both have training and nutrition mm -hmm. clients. So uh, Blakely, on, on your side of things, like from uh, from training, you know, where do you see clients tend to, like what behavior do you see with clients? So I think the nutrition side is, I, I think for a lot of times it's, it's easy for us to see as nutrition coaches, like, oh, like they're going to be at this many dinners and this and that. So like, it's easier for the client to find an excuse to like, order the margarita instead of the club mm -hmm. soda because they're there. <laughs> but sometimes like when you're, you're working out and you have, you gotta, only got to get four workouts in that week. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, do you see people that are just kind of like totally like going off track with their workouts too? Yeah. It's, it's easy to slip into like, you know, you miss, miss one or two. And then that rest of that week kind of gets pushed under like, okay, I'll get back to it next week. I think it's very easy for people to fall into that same mentality with training as they do with nutrition. And that's why we always talk about, we can't rely on like motivation to get you to step into the gym that day. Mm -hmm. We've got to rely on like, this is a habit I'm building. And you know, there's a certain time of time of day and certain day of the week that I walk into that door and we have to build that habit to make it sustainable. I think it's good to remind people, practically speaking, like we want to talk about tr tricks for being more consistent and not getting off track. It really is true that let's say you look at your workout for the day and you're like, that's going to take an hour. I know mm -hmm. it is. And I really only have 30 minutes. You will be more consistent. You will stay on track both physically and mentally. If you yeah. go and do 30 minutes worth of the workout, then just punt. 
and you know try to wait until you're going to have the full hour to do it so yeah really practice and then that's really the all or nothing mentality mm-hmm. also i mean we could just title this episode <laughs> the all or nothing mentality of consistency <laughs> yeah but um but it, you know reminding people that that's the case because what happens if you punt and you miss again and you miss again mm-hmm. is now you've killed the momentum right and you feel like it's going to be so hard to get back to where you were and you're going to be so sore but if you had just done what you had time for mm-hmm. you would have kept the mental habit alive and you would have kept the physical habit yeah. alive too and we really have to remind clients that that is okay in times because i think people want this like if i can't do it all i'm not going to do any of it like perfectionism mm-hmm. kind of mindset but we have to remind people like it's okay if you walk in and you did the warm-up and you did your back squats and that's all you had time for that is is better than skipping it all together mm-hmm. and more than likely they get in there they get it done a little bit faster they get three quarters or most of it done anyway and they feel fantastic about themselves and i i can i mean i i definitely empathize because i know that feeling of like when you don't get your whole workout done and it's mm-hmm. like very frustrating and you're like ah like that literally happened to me yesterday like yesterday i was like i'm working out at 10 15 and then I know, right? I was uh, 10, 15 and I had to, I was a guest on someone's podcast at 1130. So I gave myself an hour and 15 minutes, which is more than enough time. Cause I know it takes me like 45 minutes to work out and my gym is in my garage. And then like a call went a little over and then like, I, I like, you know, was like started working on my phone. I'm like, ah, oh, now it's 10 30. And then like, as it gets pushed out and before I know it, it's like a 10 50 and I haven't <laughs> started yet. And I'm like, ah, oh. and again, it's all on me. But I could have, I, I had, a, there was that thought in the back of my mind. It's like, ah, we'll just bag it, put it towards tomorrow. And like, you know, I'm not going to do the whole thing anyway. And I could just feel that tendency of just like, oh, I'll just skip it. But then I did it and I did, you know, maybe 75% of what I had written down. And I'm, uh, yeah, like it was way better than not doing it, right? Yeah. It was a way yeah. better decision. And it wasn't a PR day. It wasn't anything crazy. I didn't have like this, <laughs> like, you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? this revelation of like, Oh my God, see, this is why I do this. It was just like, no, I just yeah. fucking did it. We got it done. Right. You got so, it. Uh, you know, where do you guys feel as coaches? Um, you know, from, cause I think sometimes, you know, hearing this side of things is important. Like where do you feel the responsibility lies uh, with the coach in terms of like client compliance? So let's say you're talking to people who are, you know, they're, they're obviously somewhat committed to this because they're invested in a coach, but maybe mm-hmm. they, they're either, they're either expecting too much out of the coach as far as like what our responsibility is, or maybe they're, they're someone who's paying for a coach who's not holding up their end of the bargain. Like how would a client be able to tell or, or be able to articulate that? If that question mm-hmm. makes sense. Mm-hmm. This is definitely something that we've evolved with in the time that we've been in business. And it actually prompted us to write out a more formal document that like our clients expectations review document. when they start yeah. coaching. Like here's, our, here's our end of the bargain. Mm-hmm. Here's what we expect out of you too. So there's clear expectations and that helps avoid some miscommunications too. We were kind of talking about this with his sister. So it's like if you hired like a dog trainer or uh, someone to help with like kid be. Pick them back up. They're going to be completely fixed. But the reality is that like there's work like you're going to you're going to come back with homework and you're going to have weeks and weeks and weeks of stuff to do with this dog to train this dog. And I think it's like that kind of mentality of like, I'm going to hire a trainer or I'm going to hire a nutrition coach and I'm going to be like fixed. All of a sudden I'm going to be motivated to do all the healthy <laughs> things every single day. And you got it. That's why we have this document of like, we, we will, we will do everything in our power to help you, but mm-hmm. you gotta, you gotta want it. 
you got to do your yeah. part too. So what, what are some what are some baseline things though that you guys if you like mm-hmm. like that you have like this is my expectation of you as the yeah. client. Mm-hmm. Um, our expectation of the client is to participate in the coaching relationship. Yeah, and that doesn't mean like that doesn't even mean do all your workouts or hit all your nutrition goals, but it does mean to communicate with us about the mm-hmm. things that you're struggling with so that as a team, we can troubleshoot the situation and figure mm-hmm. out what's a realistic plan moving forward. Yeah. I think that's the biggest thing is like anytime that communication starts to dip down, there becomes this mental separation and this like downward pressure on like the feeling of motivation and the feeling of success. And I, you know, only have my perspective Mm -hmm. side of the equation to think about, but I have a feeling the client is feeling that too, when the communication starts to dip. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I recently was going through that with a client and thank God, like, you know, I continue to hold up my end of the bargain and and check on him constantly. And then all of a sudden, even after almost three months of lack of communication, he reached out and said, Hey, I just want to let you know, I appreciate that you've been trying to keep up with me. Let's hop on the phone. Let me tell you where I'm at and let's make a plan moving forward. Yeah. And we did that last week and boom, he's already worked out twice this week. So that never would have happened. And he never would have quote, got back on track if he didn't reinstitute his end of the communications. Mm-hmm. That's so important. Honestly, like that's, that's the communication word is, I, I feel like I use that at nauseum with my clients. Like there's some clients that are very open and ready to communicate and ask questions. There's some clients that I honestly, I feel like I'm begging them to talk mm-hmm. to me. And the ones who are open with communication are always the ones who see more success. But uh, I'm sure you've dealt with this in the past too, where you have the client who's not communicating a lot over that, that three months, like you just had the one. And then you get the, you get the message of, you know, I'm clearly just like not taking this seriously. I think I need to put this on pause for a little bit. And you know that that person is now very way more unlikely to see any success with this stuff. Whereas your client took the initiative to hop on the phone with you. So I think that's a huge part of this equation is as the coach, you have to be available and willing mm-hmm. to help. And and be and if you haven't heard from a client and, and it's and it's not it's in the newer phase. Maybe you're going to do a little bit more of the reaching out to make them feel comfortable with communicating. But as the client, like you need to let us know when you're having problems. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like the old thing. Like nobody can help you with the problem that you're hiding. Right. And you know, I I would hope that all of our clients know just because of who we are and you know, a relationship that we have that we'd never come at it from a judgmental perspective Mm -hmm. or there's no shame involved or anything like that. Like our ultimate goal is just to meet you where you are no matter what the situation is and help you move forward. But I understand too, like that, you know, after a prolonged period of ghosting, like it can be embarrassing to reach out, even if you know the other person is going to be supportive and it's easier just to say, Hey, you know, like I want, I don't want to waste your time anymore. I want this uh, spot to be available for somebody who's going to use it. I pretty much know what I need to be doing anyway, but I'll just need to go do That's it what on I was my gonna own. Say. People say that I don't want to be wasting your time. And honestly, from a coach's perspective, it's like, it, it, I feel like it hurts us when people don't yeah. like interact with the process. Like you think like, Oh, well, you're just paying the coach and they're like not having to do anything cause you're not doing a part of that. I think, I feel like it's harder on us when, when we're like, Oh my gosh, I don't know what to do with this client. I want to get them back. You mm-hmm. know, p- clients who are super communicative are like easier to work with because we just, we just feel like this flow yeah. flow with them. And I, you know, you just, you know, if they're doing good and you know, mm-hmm. if they need help with anything. I think oh, we'd yeah, all rather have so a media harder. client than one than somebody who disappears. Yeah, for sure. Oh, oh yeah, a hundred percent. I would I I would always rather someone be overly like overly communicate than yeah. under communicate. Because you know those those check-ins where you get the check-in and you're going through it and the client has listed out like at this point 
five different issues that you could have solved if they had just asked you about it. But now it's four days later, they've, they've made their decisions. And now we're like, we're working from behind. And then uh, I think a, uh, another one is uh, that goes under the communication umbrella is like, as the client is like filling in your check-ins on time, like responding when the coach reaches out to you. I think as coaches, sometimes we feel that obligation, like we have to be quick with our responses, mm -hmm. but I'm sure you've gotten there. Like for my check-ins with clients, I'll do like loom videos where I go through mm -hmm. their check-in and I get an email notification when it gets watched. Yeah. I'll send it on a Friday yeah. and then I'll then I'll get a notification on like Tuesday that they wa just watched it. I'm like, yeah. we yeah. just lost four days and two of them happen to be weekend days. So we could have <laughs> taken some of the advice I talked about in my check-in when you said you were struggling with weekends and you could have applied yeah. it this past weekend. I think that kind of goes back to what Blakely was saying about hiring the dog trainer. Like it's a, you need to have a clear expectation that any kind of change in your life, you're going to need to be the person mainly in charge of making that change. So you can hire a coach to help you, you know, figure out a plan to hold you accountable. But if you think that, uh, the coach is going to be able to be there to like cook the food or, um, Pop the food out of your you know, hands, lift the weight for you. Then you have a, you, you have an unrealistic expectation. Like you got to train the dog. But I would say from a, like, if I was a client, like if I was a client of y'all's, it's a vulnerable place to be in. Mm -hmm. You're basically like sharing tons of personal information with these people, like what you ate and you know, if you did or didn't work out and usually you have to have like, Oh, this is the reasons why. And you're just I mean, I feel like I get really involved in people's lives that I don't physically know. Mm -hmm. And, you know, yeah. it's like, it's a vulnerable place for them. And so I, I can kind of see, you know, like one or two weeks pass by and then you just kind of like, it gets uncomfortable. You get, it gets uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah, no, I totally agree with you on that. And I, that is, that is definitely something that I try to be very, um, uh, empathetic about, right? Like, yeah. okay, mm -hmm. I understand like, like if I ask someone, well, you know, if so I ask someone how the weekend went and they go, Oh, you know, I think I did pretty good. And they're like, well, what did you eat? Like, that's like an awkward question to answer because yeah. people don't want to dig into that. And yeah. I know for me, even me as a coach, if someone asked me, I would be hesitant. I would be probably hesitant to be like, Oh, I had two crumble cookies or whatever like that. Like you, you feel obligated to like say the good stuff. Uh, so I think that comes mm -hmm. down to like, you know, the coach also like the coach's responsibility to upfront be like, Hey, Anything you share with me, I'm not judging you. I don't, I honestly don't care mm -hmm. what you eat as long as you're cool with the, like the expectation of the outcome you're going to get. So if someone yeah. tells me, I'm going to listen, I'm going to go out to eat four times every weekend and I'm not willing to change that. If you're cool that you're going to see slower progress and I'm cool and you're in it for the long haul, mm -hmm. then that's fine with me. I'm yeah. not trying to force these changes on you. Right. Yeah. I think that's a critical role of the coach is to make sure that a client understands the impact of their choices on their results so that the expectation for results, everybody's on the same page. Mm -hmm. And I think like just thinking about this, one of the reasons, you know, when, when one day quote off track turns into a month off track is because, um, the expectation of what it's going to take to get back on track. And I think this is one of the key roles of a coach is to, to be clear about, we're going to get you back on track, not based on whatever you were doing at your best, but what you're doing right now. And mm -hmm. we can eliminate this like month long ghosting period just by addressing the fact that we're already feeling quote off track. And here's the one step we're going to take today to get back mm -hmm. on track. And then we're going to ramp up by adding this thing the next week and just letting people know that nobody gets back to their best all at once. You didn't like start out 
20 pounds overweight and immediately end up with all these great habits. No, you built them slowly over time. So if you're yeah. in that off track place, we're going to do the exact same process to get back on track. You don't have to jump from zero back to a hundred. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think one, one analogy that I, I heard from, uh, what's his last name? Gunnar Peterson, you know him? He's like, uh -oh. the, he's like a, he's like a big celebrity trainer out in like LA, but like, okay. he's like legit. He's, he's like legit trainer, not just like a celebrity trainer, <laughs> but like, uh, legit he, he was on, he was talking about like the four wheels, uh, as an analogy. And he's like, there's like your nutrition, your training, your sleep slash recovery. And the other one he used was like your alcohol consumption. And he was just like, the goal isn't that you have to be perfect with all four of these. You just, if one of the wheels falls off, you have to keep the other three going or, you know, mm -hmm. or, or a bare minimum too. And the, mm -hmm. but what most people do is one wheel falls off and then all, they just let all the other ones go. And I kind of took that analogy and used it more. Uh, I just was talking about like pillars. So if you have four mm -hmm. pillars holding something up, one gets knocked down, you know, just take the legs out of the other ones too. Yeah. So I, a lot of times when people are talking about get, getting back on track, it's going back to what we talked about. I was like, well, what does off track mean? Like if for the last month you've hit all your workouts, you've been sleeping pretty good, but like you've been drinking a little bit more and eating a little bit out more often, you're not off track. You're mm -hmm. just like, you only have two wheels going right now. So let's get one of them back, back, you know, spinning, I guess. Yeah. yeah. So um, for, for you guys, like when you, when you're, when you're coaching someone with getting back on track, I guess it's always in a, an it depends situation, but to give you two scenarios, like one scenario, someone's hitting their workouts, but their nutrition is just completely off. The other scenario would be like, you know, more for, like lately, like someone's nutrition, maybe they're doing really well, but like, they've just been missing workouts. Mm -hmm. What are some tips you each would give uh, that individual person to get back on? So like John, you would do the nutrition and lately you do the workouts. First of all, I just, I want to find the person that stays on track with their nutrition, but doesn't do their workouts. Yeah, I'm not I sure like that, that exists. Is, that's a, I was like, when you said that, that was like, that's where it's more common that people stay on with the uh -huh. workouts, you know, because I, the workouts I, I give are so good. Yeah. Uh, they don't want to miss them. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I totally agree. I totally agree with you. Yeah. That most, for most people, it's like, yeah, they're, they'll still show up to the workouts, but like the nutrition is just off the rails. What I have seen sometimes, uh, what I've noticed with, with myself, for example, Maybe it's not necessarily like missing workouts, but maybe like, like you guys said, when you're like traveling, your workouts aren't where you want them to be. Mm -hmm. So you yeah. still are keeping the nutrition somewhat in check. And I know for me, this could be, you know, not the typical client, but for me, when I feel my workouts are not great, I tend to like not eat as many calories mm -hmm. because I'm like, I don't want to gain fat. So like, <laughs> if I'm like, oh man, uh, the workouts have just been shit lately. I'm going to really like watch my calorie intake. So uh, that mm -hmm. would, I guess it doesn't have to be like they're completely missing their yeah. workouts, but uh, they're, maybe they're just not optimal. I can think, I think for both situations, we try to remind our clients that like life is not like either, it, life is not just like on track. Like life is full of interruptions. We yeah. have weekends, we have, you know, business trips, scheduled on Monday that we didn't know about that are that could pop up on Thursday like that is life mm -hmm. and so if we're only trying to like hit these things when like life is perfect and we have like five or six days in a row or there's no interruptions it's it's never going to be successful so I think in both cases we just have to remind clients that okay, we have to learn how to like navigate life mm -hmm. yeah. Through, yeah. through fitness and nutrition yeah, your, your life isn't busy. It's just what it, it is, yeah. what it is. Well, everybody's life is busy and we just, you know, all have to like figure, figure it out throughout our schedule. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think playing, like you said, like kind of playing the long game, right? So you're just, 
if you're in this and you're actually committed mm-hmm. to it. Yeah. I actually talked about this. Uh, I've recorded a podcast solo today and I was talking about, um, uh, you know, you guys are married. Like I'm married. When you get married, like when you first start dating, you don't see like all like the little annoying behaviors of the other person, right? <laughs> so like, like those are kind of hidden. You're not living with them yet, right? I don't and have if, any. <laughs> and like, if you had to see, if you were hit up front with all of the annoying stuff, you might go, <laughs> I don't know if I can do this for the rest of my life, right? But like once, once you get into, once you like get married and you're in it, if you're actually committed to like, no, this is what we're doing. We're doing this marriage thing. We're going to be committed. Mm-hmm you understand that like there's going to be pieces of the relationship that you you can't do for the rest of your life, but that you understand <laughs> they're few and far between, but you just keep showing up and you keep putting in the effort. Does that analogy play at all? <laughs> I, like I don't it. know what you're talking about. She doesn't have any, <laughs> neither one of us have any annoying traits. So I don't know what's going on. Don't know what's going on with you and your wife over there, but we're perfect. <laughs> well, it's funny. It's funny. I, I remember me and John were talking one time and I was like, I was like saying, I was like, yeah, I feel like I'm the only person who's like stressed about like something work related. And he's like, yeah, cause you're the only one that's going through that. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I guess it makes sense. But uh, yeah, you're right, I, I think though. once you make a decision that mm-hmm. you're just like, I'm committed to like this outcome mm-hmm. and the outcome is not, I got to get shredded or I'm going to lose 20 pounds. The outcome is I want to build a healthy lifestyle so yeah. I can live longer and be happier. Okay. I'm going to have ups and downs. There's going to be days where this is inconvenient, but you just got to keep like committing to that. And I think uh, the overlying, the overarching problem I see with clients, and maybe this is only a me thing too, John, but like <laughs> that what I see is that when people sign up for coaching, I think a lot of times they sign up and they already have an end date in mind mm-hmm. of not only when they're going to see the results, but when they're going to stop using a coach or they're going to stop paying for a coach. So they sign up and like, you know, what's the minimum commitment? Is it okay? This is for 12 weeks and like this and that. So they get into that mindset of short-term, short-term, short-term. So if you're, if you're in your mind, you're like, I'm doing this for 12 weeks. If one of those weeks is off now, one twelfth of your entire weight loss journey is fucked. So you're just like, okay, well I'm off track now. How am I going to get this back together? But if you're just like, no, I'm doing this for 12 years. Mm -hmm. Like what if one week goes bad? Okay. I can regroup from that. I'd say like out of all the things about social media that are terrible, this is one of the things that's positive about it is it gives us the opportunity to Mm -hmm. show through our Instagram story and through other kinds of content, like what is a healthy lifestyle look like? Mm -hmm. Because that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to play the long game and live a healthy lifestyle. So if we go out for a drink, we'll put a picture of the going out for having the drink. If we eat a hamburger or have some ice cream, we'll put that in there too, Mm -hmm. showing that like all this stuff is can be part of a healthy lifestyle. It's not like going through a dedicated period of time of 75 hard or a 30 day challenge or 12 weeks of coaching or whatever. Mm -hmm. It's about how do we make our fitness and nutrition enhance our life and the quality of our life and the width of our life, not just the length of our life. And how do we squeeze the most out of life by treating our body the way that it was designed to be treated and honoring it. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, no, I totally agree with that, man. Like that. And I think that was something that you had mentioned uh, in the notes for the show is just like, you know, stop, and maybe you can dig a little bit more on this, but like stop aiming for consecutive progress, but cons- aim for consistent progress. Yeah. I got to give our coach Haley credit for coming up with this line on one of the podcasts we recorded, but people feel so defeated when they break their chain of consecutive, mm-hmm. consecutively doing whatever they said they were going to do. So they feel like, boom, ruined my progress. So think about if you were like, you were doing uh, sober October mm-hmm. and you would, you made it through all 
all the way through like October 17th, you hadn't had a drink and then boom, like something triggered you, you had a drink and like, you're now faced with the temptation because you've broken your strain of your string of of consecutive days. Do you just give up for the final days of the month or do you just presume back where you were? And I think most people would just quit right there because they broke the chain, but that's not the way that a fitness lifestyle works mm-hmm. you're gonna screw up it's not how many days in a row were you perfect it's right. how quickly were you able to get back on track that's yeah. really what this whole podcast is about mm-hmm. and i want to say one more thing about this whole like getting back on track thing is even if you're super focused on a fitness goal that doesn't mean that every single decision and day has to be aligned with that goal yeah if like when we defined what off track means i think i said that it's a period of time where you consciously or subconsciously even like stop holding yourself accountable and you kind of go mindlessly into this like off track mm-hmm. mentality yeah. where you just keep making bad decisions. Okay. Well, what if we reframe that and we go into this, even a period with a dedicated goal, knowing that there's going to be times where we purposely make a decision that doesn't align with our goals, but it's a small percentage of the time and mm-hmm. it eliminates that guilt and shame that makes us go into that downward spiral. Like I said, not every decision during a period of time of focus on a goal has to align with that goal. That's completely fine. <laughs> yeah. But a lot of people don't have that expectation or even that reality that that's the way it can work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah. I, I, I think that that, that, that sober October analogy was really good because people treat their fitness journey. Like it's sober October. They're just like, I'm going to do this really strict thing for this short amount of time. And then for a lot of them, if, like you said, if they break that chain, they're just and there's no other area of life where they apply that that right. uh, behavior, right? They don't do that with mm-hmm. their job or with their marriage or with brushing their teeth. They don't miss a day and they go, well, I guess I'm just done. Like, I'm just going to yeah. go through everything else, right? <laughs> so, uh, you know, I, I, I think a couple of things just to kind of bullet point them for people is like not lumping periods of time together. So mm-hmm. that uh, redefining what off track actually means. So again, one decision doesn't mean you went off track or one day doesn't mm-hmm. mean you went off track. But if you have lumped a period of time together, like I'm going to be really strict for this month, once you make that one off track decision, you're just, it, I'm not going to hear from you for like two weeks and then come <laughs> right. back to me like the scale's up. I don't know what's going on. Right. <laughs> so, uh, what are some, uh, just to kind of finish up here, you know, I won't hold you guys all day, but like, what are some, uh, quick wins you can, you would coach people to get to make them at least feel like they're back on track? I think that one of the things tips I like to use with clients on their check-ins, I'll put the question on their calendar. I want you to fast forward in your mind a week. What can you have done in this last week to make you feel like this last week was a success? Mm -hmm. They get to define the thing that they want to be consistent with or do that makes them feel like Mm -hmm. they're back on track. So putting that ownership back in their hand and then holding them accountable for it is a great way to get some Mm buy-in. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. So so actually having the client like define what mm-hmm. is going to be successful and then like us also being there as like interpreters because when I, when I you ever hear i have a client go well you know what, what are you going to do this week to improve and then they'll go like oh i'm going to have like uh hit my protein every single day okay <laughs> right. but like that what happens if you hit it six days that means you failed or you'll have yeah. the person well, i always love this when uh not to goof on clients when my clients know i'm sarcastic i just i do it out of love but like when they're it's like they're recapping their week and it's like, uh, missed all my workouts, didn't get my step count, didn't hit my protein, uh, you know, uh, emotionally ate three days and, and went out to eat four days. And just, I feel like shit, what are you going to do this week to back, back, get back on track? Drink more water. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah. that's like, that's like yeah. 
spitting at a forest fire. Like we gotta like yeah. we gotta like uh, do a little bit more than that. A little bit more. Um I think another yeah. thing with that with like when I ask a client like what will make this week feel like a success, the job of a coach too is then to look at what they say and then because a lot of times that's they're gonna give you an outcome based thing. Like mm-hmm. I want to weigh less next week than I okay, we got that's an outcome. Let's how let's turn that into a process that right. we can follow for the week refocusing people on process oriented goals versus outcome goals. Mm-hmm. It's like the smart goals, like something that has to be attainable and yeah. like you have to have the process to get there. Not just like, I want to be able to do this. Right. And it's something that you haven't even like started. What are your financial goals? Uh, to be rich. <laughs> to be rich. Okay. Yeah. Let's, yeah. <laughs> let's back yeah. up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's a lot of different things we, we could, uh, like a lot of different ways we could get rich. Like, do you want to go yeah. rob a bank? Yeah. Like, what do you want to do? <laughs> yeah. Do we want mutual funds or we want crypto? Which way are we going? <laughs> yeah, I it's it's honestly, man, I just feel like uh, I feel like when I talk, the more I talk about this, the longer I've been doing this, I just feel like it's so simple that that becomes the challenge because it's such mm-hmm. a simple, uncomplicated process. But human beings just make it very complex with their emotions and their tendencies and their, their you know, their definitions of on track, off track or the like, you know, all that stuff. So, you know, I think the big thing is, is playing the long game and you have to, you know, become process oriented, like you said. And if you keep chipping away at those tasks, you eventually will create like a new identity of, of the type of person you are. And yep. you guys are perfect examples of that because you're very open about like how you guys weren't always into working out and, and, and keep track of your nutrition, right? So like you guys are living examples of how you can change your identity because you guys not only became super super fit but now you actually help hundreds of people get there too and and i think a lot of times people they, they forget that because they only see hmm. you guys now and mm-hmm. they don't they don't they don't know that like okay well this you guys weren't just born people who just love to work out right yeah <laughs> and i think that is that is hard to separate in your mind that's why i think like client testimonials are so powerful because when you hear it from a coach, you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's you, easy that you. you know that you were born like that. Like you said, you're like, no. But <laughs> if you hear it from a client, you're like, oh, okay, I could do this too then mm-hmm. if they yeah. can do it. Yeah. So, um, uh, yeah, for anyone who got value out of this, uh, just a quick reminder, where they, where can they find you guys? I know you guys are um, kind of detoxing off of social media a bit. So, <laughs> so you know, where, where can they get like more uh, in-depth info from you guys? I mean, um, we're still on all the socials yeah. at Digital Barbell. Uh, we put a lot of time into our podcast and videos on our YouTube. Of course, those are at Digital Barbell also. Mm-hmm. We have a lot of free resources on our website too, training programs, nutrition guides. But uh, yeah, just Digital subscribe. Barbell everywhere. <laughs> just Google Digital Barbell. We'll be number one. <laughs> it's, such a, it's such a good name. <laughs> Thanks. Likely gets all the credit for that one. <laughs> That's yeah. So anyway, guys, thanks so much. I really appreciate your time today and, uh, you know, try to stay warm over there. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) we'll do our best. Thanks, Adam. Thanks.